Hey folks, this is Wes Colton with the Introvert Unbound podcast. For this episode, I want to talk about a controversial topic. Of course, these days anything seems to be controversial, maybe because people don't have enough things to worry about. But this topic is simply, do most women find an extroverted man or an introverted man to be more attractive? Now, of course, what does it mean to be attractive, right? Well, I look at different components. So I actually tend to look at things in terms of chemistry and connection. Chemistry is that primordial biological draw to another person. So that might have something to do with the scent of the other person and a compatible immune system and everything like that. And then connection is do your personalities click? Are there interests or enough drawing you together on that personality level to a large degree, values, things like that. But in terms of the early stages of what draws the attention more of your average woman, an introverted man or an extroverted man, well, let's get looks out of the way real quick. Obviously, looks get somebody in the door. It might hold the door open for a little bit, but you've got to be able to deliver more than looks. But ignoring looks, let's just talk about personality, right? I think we have to acknowledge that extroverted men are probably going to initially draw in more women. And those can be extroverted women and introverted women. It's funny because there are several books that are pretty high profile about being an introvert. And they are written by women who really appreciate introversion and talk about how great, how many aspects of it are, and they're introverts themselves. And then, I'm not saying in all of these books, but all of the ones I can think of, at some point the woman mentions her extroverted husband. And it's like, well, that's really interesting. So you wrote a whole book about how great it is to be an introvert, yet the man you chose to live with for the rest of your life and fell in love with is an extrovert. I don't know if that means a ton. I just thought that was really interesting and kind of not a bummer, but it's almost like if somebody who writes a whole book about introversion can't even appreciate it in a man, then who is going to? Of course, it's not that bleak, not at all. And by the end of this podcast, introverts, I will have you resting easy don't worry, but I do want to go into all these aspects here. So what initially draws somebody besides the looks thing right away? So let's let's say in terms of you're at a party and you sort of know this person. So, you know, it's no stranger danger thing. You're a woman in this case, of course. And uh, you have a choice between somebody who is standing inside a little group of maybe four or five people who are all listening to this person tell a story in a loud commanding voice, who keeps having things to say, who is projecting his personality, who you're learning about through mannerisms and just who this person is. So you can say, okay, I understand some depth to this person. I understand their personality. Okay, I'm getting a feel for them versus the person who's kind of standing alone in the corner, not talking much, maybe looking a little bit nervous, or even if looking comfortable, just kind of mysterious and maybe that's intriguing too, right? Oh, I don't know anything about that person. 
But the reality is most people are not going to take the time to extract information from you. So it may well be that you, as an introverted man, have way more to offer this person, have a way more in-depth and intriguing personality, more kind, compassionate, a stronger person in every way, share the values. If she doesn't know this about you, it's not worth very much in terms of meeting this person. So I think the reality is very simply, the ones who are putting themselves out there more are going to get more hits, right? And this is not about being flashy and this is not about encouraging people to be phony. So you don't have to be the person who is commanding the attention of everyone and holding court and cracking crazy jokes. That's, if that's not your personality, don't do that. And of course, then you drink and you might be able to do that, but I don't recommend that because that's not really you and that's not going to last very long and the woman will find out eventually unless you're drunk constantly around her and that's a whole different story. Don't do that. That reminds me, I should talk about introversion and alcohol. Note to self, introversion and alcohol. However, being loud does make you hear somebody more. Is that not an obvious statement? Well, it's an obvious statement, but it's true and it's real. I've been in just interactions with friends or more like these are typically acquaintances and we're at some event and basically one of them has a really loud booming voice and not necessarily more interesting, more funny, more intriguing, just a loud voice. I find women just turn towards them like they can't help it. And they just hear a sound and they turn towards it. Now, I think that simply might be in terms of you hear the loudest thing and you're just, what's going on over there? You can't help it unless you're going to make a conscious effort to be like, oh, I'm just turning to that person because they have a loud voice or they're impossible to ignore. But rarely are all those thoughts going through an individual's head. They're just loud. Oh, what's that? It could have a biological root in terms of the deepest voice bullfrog in the pond often brings over the most frog ladies, not comparing human sexuality to frog mating because there's no genitals that go in with frogs. It's really interesting. They're not putting things inside of things. They're just squirting out the eggs and then fertilizing the eggs. But that's a whole different topic that I'm sure I'll never talk about again because it's totally irrelevant. But there could be something to do with, oh, that is the quote alpha in the fact that they have a loud booming voice. I, I don't know if that really goes super far, but I think it does just initially draw the attention. So that's not about, oh, okay, you have to, I'm going to start talking in a really low voice all the time and I'm going to fake that. That's not something to worry about. I think the key though is learning how to project your voice as best you can and that's not just to get a woman attracted to you. That is because as introverts, we typically are not heard. And that's figuratively and literally. We are sensitive to sounds a lot of the time, so we don't want to be that loud pain in the ass in the room that annoys us. But the reality is, if you think you're being loud as an introvert, you're probably just being loud enough. It's very rare that you're going to be too loud. And if you are, you'll notice over time but it's more like when you speak with authority in your voice, it feels better. Like your brain starts realizing, oh, this guy knows what he's talking about, so I'm gonna give him more good stuff to say. If you 
are more timid in what you have to say, it's not going to come out as well. I notice I can speak really well as long as, you know, I'm in a conversation and I'm being able to chime in or if I do a monologue, if I'm talking about something I understand, I don't really have much trouble with that. I'm still an introvert, so I still am doing that deep dive in the brain for word choice, so I might not be as smooth as an extrovert because I'm kind of looking at different areas in my brain and kind of reaching deeper for those words, and that's that's science behind that. But for instance, I notice things where like I'm in an audience and it's a talk, and then it's time for me to ask a question. I oftentimes have trouble because I'm not smooth, like I haven't practiced enough, I haven't said enough words to get the engine moving. You know, my engine is cold and so that can be a bit difficult. So that terms of, all right, now I'm speaking, I'm speaking louder, I'm taking in breath from my diaphragm and putting it out there, then I just feel more confident and assured, self-assured. And that's really what it comes down to. And in terms of the biology or the physiology, think of a an accordion, right? So you have an accordion, what you do is you pull it open wide and it's like bellows for a fireplace and it fills with air and then you push it together and then you push a key and that makes a sound. So if you only do it a little bit, you open it a little bit and then you close it, it goes hmm. But if you open it wide and then you close it, it goes hmm. So that's what you wanna be doing with your voice and it's actually better on your voice you're speaking more from that diaphragm and you're less likely to hurt your voice over the long term. So I'm somebody who has done singing. I perform, play guitar and stuff like that. So I've learned that. I still don't have a great voice and I still have kind of a nasally bit to it. And I there's only so much I can do about it. I don't obsess over it. I don't worry about it that much. I just, I, I try to be mindful of that. And over time, it just becomes more natural. So, one way to deal with the fact that you might not literally be heard in a situation is to practice that because that's a reality. And then the other aspect is being able to talk about yourself. And we don't want to be arrogant. We don't want to make everything about us, but sometimes you got to. And I think it's something that we do as introverts is we compensate for the extroverts that annoy us. We're like, man, why doesn't that guy shut up? I'm going to talk less to show how you don't have to be a blabbermouth. And it's like, I get it, but we do have to compete in this world. And I'm not saying it's all a dog-eat-dog -dog world. It's not. It's more cooperation than competition. But sometimes we have to put ourselves out there. And if they are commandeering the stage, sometimes we have to put ourselves out there. And it doesn't have to be in the same way right? So they can be more like this screaming chimpanzee that's running all over the place and attracting attention. We can be more of a chill gorilla who speaks when he needs to speak with authority and can command a lot of respect because of that. We don't feel the need to constantly blabber. I range back and forth. Sometimes I, when I'm on a topic I'm really excited about, I do turn into a blabber mouth and I have to actually learn to pull back. But it's uh, that's a skill I've developed and it's also based on the circumstances. So if you are somebody who talks too much, obviously this is not your problem. But learning how to get a little bit better with coming up with content. So at first you might be practicing at home with yourself, just coming up with a topic 
like potatoes. And all right, I'm going to come up with 30 seconds of potato talk. So yeah, I really like potatoes. Uh, my favorite are the white potatoes, the russet potatoes. Those kind of have the most kind of girth to them and they have the most substance. I do like Yukon Gold once in a while. I reheat those. They don't taste as good for some reason. And I leave the skin on for both because they're nutritious. The red potatoes, somehow those are better for potato salad and I don't know why, they just taste better cold. And sweet potatoes are a whole different animal. Yams, you get the picture, right? So just picking a random topic and being able to generate information on it and even if that's too complicated, some a drill we sometimes do with coaching clients is just simply like pick a f A, B, C, D in terms of a f uh, topic. So let's just say food, or let's just even say vegetables, make it a little more complicated. So A, no, we're gonna say fruits, we're gonna say food because that is too hard. No, all right, vegetables, A, asparagus, B, bell pepper, C, carrot. So you get the picture. You're not going to always be able to toss them out there, but just getting in that habit of that catch and shoot mentality, more of that ability to just come up with stuff to say. And we tend to want to think over what we have to say as introverts. That's just a natural tendency. And that can be a really good thing. So I don't want to discourage that. However, I would practice having less of an editor. So I would allow yourself to get into situations where you're just, I'm not just running your mouth. You shouldn't be doing that all the time, but you should be doing that a little bit more. Because if you're in a conversation with somebody, you know, you're at some party, you're not really doing some sort of deep literary critique, right? Where you have to have the perfect point and it's well-researched and perfectly formed. That's not what conversation is, social conversation. And you know, you can look at it as small talk. I don't even look at it as small talk. I think that's a cop out. You can turn any conversation into a topic that you're interested in. Another way of looking at small talk, and I've written an article about this, what is think of it as like dogs sniffing each other's butts. It's a necessary ritual to kind of get the idea of a person's vibe. So don't poo-poo it, don't downplay it. You don't have to do it a lot. You can gradually or quickly take it into whatever direction you want to in the conversation. And that's really the heart of this because some of you might be listening, yeah, I would love to be able to talk more uh, to people at parties. I get it, obviously, if I have more stuff to say, I would be more interesting to certain women and they find out more about me, but I run out of stuff to say. And my answer to that which I've gotten a lot in coaching is bullcrap. You don't run out of stuff to say when you're talking to your friend about your favorite video game, right? You're not like, oh, um, I don't play video games anymore, so I'm gonna have a outdated reference. Uh, Fortnite, I don't even know what that is. I think it's a shooting game, sorry. Um, yeah, in Fortnite, the all right, see, I, I can't speak on it because I don't know anything about it, but you get the point I'm making. So the key is that you're not moving towards a topic that you know anything about or, frankly, a topic that energizes you. So the, the trick, and it's not a trick at all, it's just take the conversation in a direction you'd like it to go. You know, so it's not that hard to, oh, really? Okay, you don't want to be rude and you're talking about, oh, yeah, the wallpaper. Yeah, that's that's beautiful wallpaper. I'm more of a cabin guy myself, so I really like 
log wood walls. And uh, yeah, I've been looking at cabins up in the mountains. I took it into a whole different direction there. You don't want to be after the first thing they say, do you like my wallpaper? Yeah, so my log cabin. You don't want to be rude about stuff. So you want to do a little bit of back and forth, but you can gradually take the conversation in the direction you like. Ironically, that tends to be the thing that introverts don't do. We'll be like, well, I'll just go along for the ride and I'll say less and then I'll have my energy drain less. You have your energy drain more because you're not talking about something you want to talk about. That is the key to this concept of having your battery depleted and recharging your energy. Now, still as an introvert, you're going to run out eventually. You can build up your battery over time and this is how you do so. So let's say you're at this party, right? And maybe there is a really loud person who is just blah, 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 blah. You don't have to one up this person. That's not the point. What you can do and what you should do and what you probably need to do is go in there and start engaging in that conversation to a certain degree. So one thing that's that's kind of interesting to do is you can then start asking questions of that loud person, right? And he's like, yeah, and so my my uh, recent job, so I'm now the manager and yeah, it's, it's a hard job, but uh, you know, somebody's got to do it. So you can start then asking questions of that person. So you can be, oh really? So, you know, what's the main skill of being a manager compared to someone being managed? And like, oh, well, that's a good question. And so basically this person's still talking, but you're kind of directing the conversation. So I know this is different than the other thing where I'm saying, start talking about something you want to talk about. I'm saying in a situation where there is somebody who is maybe commandeering the conversation, this, and you're not necessarily going to be louder than them. You're not necessarily going to be able to take over the conversation. You can kind of steer it in a little bit of a direction that way. And then you are engaging in that conversation. And then there are other people, say there's some women in that group. She might notice, okay, this guy is engaged and he's having things to say as well. And then maybe when this person goes off on a tangent and everyone else is listening, you can then speak to that other woman. Oh, anyway, so hey, my name is Wes. What's your name? Cool. So what are you doing here at this party? Do you know anyone? You know, so you've brought yourself into that circle there by engaging with that louder person for a little bit. And it's a good thing because we shouldn't be envious of folks. We shouldn't be even comparing ourselves to extroverts like that. We do live in different worlds. We have to both acknowledge the fact that, yeah, they're going to be a bit more of that lightning rod for attention than we are and without being bitter about that. You know, that'd be like being bitter about, oh, well, it's easier for women to, your average woman to get a man to want to sleep with him than it is your average man to get a woman. And it's like, well, okay. So, so, so acknowledge that. Don't go around, oh, I'm so jealous of women. You know, I'm bitter about you know, not having that same access as women. That's just the world we're living in. There's really no point in beating yourself up about that. I did think this is an interesting thing, an important thing to talk about because people will be in denial about this. So we have this thing in our world where, well, we want to protect people. So we want to protect introverts. We want to make them feel better about themselves and have high self-esteem. So let's lie to them about the reality. And 
that's not how I go about my coaching at all. That is not what Introvert Unbound is about. What's interesting is I used to do a lot more on Twitter and there are all these introvert accounts and I would tag a lot of them and I realized how few of them had any interest in what I was doing. Like I would, you know, retweet their stuff. I would comment on them um, and they were just, they rarely responded. We There were a fair amount that did, but the vast majority would ignore it. And I realized because their thing was all about patting introverts on the back in every case, like even your weaknesses are your strengths. Uh, and whereas for Introvert Unbound, what I've been trying to do is, hey, we have lots of strengths and we're great the way we are. However, here's the world we're living in and here's how we can adapt to certain aspects. And I think that is way kinder to introverts than pretending that there's no difference. So you start telling an introvert, no, 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 you you'll get as much attention at a party as an extrovert. Don't worry about it. If you're going to like two parties, you know that's a lie. So lying to people about stuff is is cruel and actually keeps them down. So I would argue that that mentality, and that's unfortunately the majority in the introvert community, is harming introverts. And it's not about being ashamed of what we are, and it's not about changing who we are but it is about working on some of the weaker muscles. You know, if you have some posture issues, sometimes you gotta strengthen your back a bit. You're like, well, I was born this way. Like, okay, but you wanna stand up straight, right? And avoid further back pain along the way, right? Yeah, well, work a little bit on the muscle tension stuff, you know? And I do make that argument a lot in terms of doing workouts because it's not like, oh, you're a loser, you need to work out. Now, some of the workout stuff where it's like men who are unhealthily obsessed with their own bodies, like more obsessed than women are with their bodies. It's very interesting. There's a lot of body dysmorphia and strange stuff in that fitness community. But a healthy way of looking at it is like, yeah, I, I want to be stronger. It's a good thing to be strong. It feels good to be strong. I can do more things out there in the world. There's mental discipline to working out. I see this all in the same way. So you should be content with the way you are. There's nothing wrong with that. So if you are in the world and you're like, you know what? I might not be getting any dates, but I'm okay with myself as it is. That, that's fine. And that's a beautiful thing. And if you're able to do that, realize, okay, there are these things in life that I would like to have and I, I, I'll never have them. Well, I think that can be okay if there are certain things that are out of reach. All right, I'm never going to be an NBA player. Fine. Like, that's probably good to come to terms with for the vast majority of humanity to, that you're not going to be in the NBA. But if it's like, uh, I'm never going to be able to make a, a three-pointer. It's like, well, you probably can if you practice a little bit. So that's the way I look at this kind of stuff in terms of if you're having trouble, in terms of getting dates and you think introversion might be part of the issue, acknowledging the landscape we're operating in and then working on those aspects to improve some of those circumstances for yourself. This is not a radical transformation. You're, oh, you're going to be a different person overnight. No, you're just going to inch things forward in a particular direction. And one of those things is putting yourself out there a bit more. And here is the silver lining. And I said I would do this at the end and this is the end and so this is the silver lining. Yes, 
a lot of times extroverted men are going to be getting more attention. And frankly, they're just going to be talking to more people and they're going to be going out more and they're going to be needing all of that attention. They can't stay in the house. They have to be out. Their dating lives are not even something to compare your dating life if you're an introvert. Which isn't to say we can't be dating a lot of women if that's what you want. Interesting enough, my previous podcast was whether it's a good idea to date a lot of women as an introvert. You'll have to listen to that. I'm not going to give it away here. But here's the beautiful thing. Over the long term, we have a leg up on extroverted men, us introverts. So I've written articles about that. It's Dating Advantages of Introverts. I believe it's called it's up on introvertunbound.com over the long run we have these qualities that women are typically looking for more so that ability to be listening and to be present and to not be needing constant new stimulation from new partners and things like that so whereas it might be tougher to get in the door as an introvert man in terms of dating and short-term dating and things like that, once you find somebody, it's actually going to be in many ways a lot easier for us. We are providing a lot of the things that women really want, most women, particularly at a, a certain age when they actually want to find a genuine partner rather than just dabble with stimulation. You know, maybe extroverts are better for that. But when it comes down to an actual man, to, that they want to share their life with. We, we have a lot, a lot to offer. I'm not saying extroverts can't do that, but we're more likely to be able to sink into that pair bonding and really just develop that really strong connection and relationship that is the secret to longevity in relationships. So, of course, being told, oh, you'll be great at a long-term relationship but you can't get any dates, well, that's not that helpful, right? So that's why we do work with people to try to get them to the point where they're actually getting more dates. And it's by accepting some hard realities such as, yeah, it's going to be a little bit tougher to get on the radar of somebody, but realizing once you get on the radar, it can be smooth sailing. So what can you do in your life to get more on the radar of those that you might be interested in. So that's what it's all about in terms of introversion and dating. And I hope you found this useful. Hey folks, this is Wes Colton, coach and founder of Introvert Unbound. I hope you got something out of the latest podcast. And if you'd like to keep up on future episodes, be sure to subscribe on Podbean, iTunes, or wherever else you found us. If you want to go a bit deeper, please go to introvertunbound.com and sign up for our free monthly email newsletter. And if you're serious about developing a more fulfilling social, dating, and professional life, email me at west at introvertunbound.com for your free 20-minute zero-obligation online consult where we'll come up with a game plan for you to leverage your strengths, overcome your obstacles, and become the introvert unbound.